What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm all right. What do we have this morning? Where should we start? Good question. Well, do we want to get the do we want to get the ugly, nasty thing out of the way first, and then go into lighter stuff? Better. Are you going to say COVID? Uh, I'm going to say COVID. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's, um, you know, we're going to get into so, that later today. So yeah, all right. Let's get it out of the way. We got some COVID stuff coming up this afternoon, but we're going to do just. A little bit on this morning, I guess, unless you've got more. But yeah, go ahead. No, this is this is just a, a little tidbit for uh, uh, a teaser, if you will. They're saying now, for example, that Houston has record number of cases and their hospitals are jam packed and it's they're they're at capacity or, or nearing capacity. Uh, they're saying in the range of ninety seven point eight to ninety eight percent. I think I know why uh, that is capacity. Yeah, I, I think mm. I know why that is, but go ahead. So last year, the same time period, they were at 95% capacity. So two to 3% more cases than you know typical. On top of that, um, they don't open up beds until they need them. They So as the hospital needs more beds, they bring in more beds or they open up more rooms for more beds. They don't run at maximum capacity all the time. It's inefficient. So, yes, they're at 95, 97, whatever percent capacity because that's all they've opened up so far. They haven't had to open up anything else. So literally the difference is, is you have to look at the numbers and the statistics and look at, well, okay, they're at 97 percent capacity. How many people is that really? And unfortunately, they don't actually tell you what the actual numbers are. So it could be. You know, the hospital can hold like 2000 people and there's only 200 people in there and they just haven't opened up the other rooms, the other parts of the hospital. I mean, it could be something as simple as that. So on top of the fact we've talked about this yesterday, the illegals that are coming across the border that are claiming they have COVID-19 and need hospitalization. That's yeah, they're taking the overflow. Yeah, they're they're taking that overflow. So exactly. If you've got those, plus what we're going to cover this afternoon, which is going to be huge, by the way, what we're going to cover this afternoon for the state of Texas, that is going to be, uh, let me just put it this way. It torpedoes anything that they say about COVID at this point, right? That's They're done. Like they are done. There's nothing that they can do after what we get into later today. There's nothing that they can do that can salvage this COVID situation, which leads me to believe that they're going to try and come up with something else. So they're going to have to do something. And it's going to have to be more crazy than the last thing. So you notice we've gone from COVID to riots in the streets back to COVID. They're going to try lockdowns again. Not going to work. These numbers are way, way overinflated, which we're going to explain why later on today. So, yes, it's it's just not going to work. So they're going to get more desperate, I think. So you're going to see more crazy things happen. I don't know. We're in we're in uncharted territory here with all this. So I can't tell you what's going to happen next. The only thing I can tell you is it's going to get more crazy. If you think that all this stuff we're seeing now is crazy, you ain't seen nothing yet. 
right? <laughs> you, you ain't seen nothing yet. So it's going to get more crazy, I think. I agree. I, I, it's going to get more crazy. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into it more in depth. Uh, but that that's, that's all I've got for the morning. I don't want to go too deep into COVID. So let's go over to, you know, we like to talk about strange and, and odd vehicles here when we do this morning show, right? I, I like cars. You know, I'm, I'm this, I'm a big car guy, as in I like classic cars. I like different designs and, and I like the different features and stuff that they're coming out with. I, I'm not all about this driverless car nonsense, right? That's not me. I'm not a fan of, of this, even the assisted driver stuff. Yes, it's convenient and all that stuff. And it allows you to be a little bit more mindful when you're backing up and all that stuff. But I don't need a car screaming at me if I get within 30 meters of another car. I don't need that. I don't need a car to force me to stay in between the lines. I'm a big kid. I don't need the training wheels. Okay. Now, I know that there are some people out there that that like that stuff. And quite frankly, some of the drivers I see need that stuff. So that's fine. But, you know, I happen to own a vehicle that uh, you can't turn that feature off. And it's quite annoying. But anyway, I'm not talking about cars right now. I want to talk about Lamborghini. Yes, they do make cars. Yes, they do make SUVs and the like. But now... They've built a 4,000 horsepower luxury yacht. Think about what I just said. 4,000 horsepower. Okay. And now this is by looking at this, this is not what you would consider to be a yacht. Would you, Bruce? This is a, this is a, a speedboat, essentially, is what it is. And it's got two V12 engines. Okay. Because apparently we're being environmentally friendly. So why not? Right. Mm-hmm. So Lamborghini, they're, of course, they're not the first people to, you know, not, not the first car maker to make boats, right? But they decided they're going to offer a car inspired luxury yacht, which essentially, I mean, it does look like a, um, it does look like a, a Lamborghini. I mean, especially from the back of it. I mean, it does look like it. So they've partnered with the Italian C Group, uh, and Lamborghini's built a one of a kind limited edition boat, the Technomar is meant to be inspired by the 2020 Lamborghini Cyan FKP37, the company's first hybrid supercar. And unlike other supposedly car-inspired yachts, this one actually looks like the car that it's based on, and it does. I mean, you've, you've seen the side-by-side, yes? Yes. So, I, yes, it, it looks actually looks slick. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it looks really nice. I have to give him credit. You know, I have, I have to give Lamborghini credit. The yacht represents the significance of creating a valuable partnership. At its best, our cooperation allows the essence of both organizations' style and expertise to be transferred to different worlds, sharing in their diversity to interpret and add value to the final product in a new environment. Uh, Stefano Domenicali said, uh, he's the chairman of CEO Automobile Lamborghini. Like the Cyan, the Technomar uses Lamborghini's uh, excuse me. Uh, the Technomar for Lamborghini 63 uses V12 power. Only in this case, there are two of them. The twin man V12 engines produce 2000 horsepower each, combining for an outrageous 4000 horsepower. With all that grunt, the top speed is measured at 60 knots. 60 knots for a yacht, making it the fastest of the Technomar fleet. Like a Lamborghini car, the yacht is made completely of carbon fiber. It measures 63 feet long and weighs in at 24 tons, putting it in the ultra lightweight boat classification. Like I said, this doesn't look like an actual yacht, as in what we know of yachts. You know, the um, the onboard staterooms, of course, they don't, they don't show below deck, do they? Which is re- like, that's no. what I want to see. I want to see that. The top of it, man, it looks really futuristic. It's really slick. It's got the LED lighting uh, and everything in the floor. I mean, it looks it looks really amazing. But this is a concept. This is a concept. This is a computer generated only. They haven't actually built one yet. But just looking at it, it is really nice, I have to say. But it says that 
there's going to be 63 of these made. And the first one will be coming available at the beginning of 2021. There is no price tag that was given. But if you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. I don't want to know what that's going to cost. I really don't want to know. But if you look at the car that it's based on, that's a nice looking car, isn't it? Yeah, uh, both of them are really nice and uh, amazing. You know, if, if somebody wanted to, you know, just uh, uh, donate it to me, I, I would I would happily take it. Uh, either one. You know, I, I'm happy to take yeah, either one either of those. One. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. I don't necessarily need the boats per se. But if you're just given one way, I mean, I'll, I'll take one. And same thing with the car. If you're just if you got an extra one laying around the factory. I'll, I'll take one of those. So, yeah, I, I'm happy to. But which, by the way, uh, for those that don't know, Volkswagen bought Lamborghini some time ago. So if you want to know, if you, if you think that this is Italian engineering, it's not, I assure you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, which makes a lot of sense. But anyway. All right. What else you got? Well, let's see. Do you want to talk reparations? It's not a whole is lot this on the, it. But. Is this like the 14.7 trillion in reparations that the CEO of BET came out with the or the founder of BET he came out with was like three weeks ago. Fourteen point seven trillion dollars so, in reparations. That's what he recommends, yeah. But this uh bill, this is actually a house resolution, right? It's HR forty is what it's called. You can look at it. It doesn't necessarily call for anything other than just investigating whether basically investigating from sixteen nineteen, which by the way that wasn't the founding of America. They're trying to push that in our schools now, saying America was founded on the principles of 1619, and that's not the case. Jamestown ended in a cannibalistic... It, it failed, in other words. They, they went cannibal in the end because they ran out of food and everything. So, yeah, that, that one uh, it didn't succeed. But this... Uh, this bill is saying, starting from there in 1619 to present, seeing any kind of, you know, how much the government had played in slavery, how much the public played in it, and oh, uh, whether they should get reparations or not, you oh, know, basically is what they're saying. So more or less what this would be is a, if they were to do some kind of reparation like this, it would be an unconstitutional tax on white people and the money would go to black communities or probably projects or something like that. I'm assuming this is going to pass the House and then it'll die in the Senate. I don't even know if it'll pass in the House, uh, honestly. I mean, I guess it would because it's the Dems running it. But really, you, you're this is this is number one. It's unconstitional, right? You can't target a specific group of people for taxing. Uh, well, that, since when do they care about the works. Constitution? Since, since when do they care about the Constitution? True. Since never, as far as Democrats. No, actually, that's not true. There was there was a time that when I think they, they cared to a degree. Um, but in, in our recent time, no, they obviously have not. But unfortunately, they're garnering more and more attention to this. And more and more Democrats are jumping on board with it. So right now, it's not really going to fly, but it's gaining steam, especially with all these riots and stuff. And everything is about race now and uh, because of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and uh, blah, blah. it's getting so tiresome, all that nonsense. Yes, Black Lives Matter. Everybody's life matters. That's uh, which you're racist for saying that. But I guess I'm a racist then because I care about everybody's life. I was going to say, I, I hear I hear just that that inherent um, systemic uh, mm. racism co yes, coming from yes. Bruce. It's just, uh, you know, I, I hear mm. it coming from him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I this is it, it's so it's tiresome. If they wanted to do reparations, they should have done it when slaves were freed immediately, like within that 10, 20 year period. 
but now none of us have slaves. None of us are, uh, you know, we're enslaved unless you were in another country, like, uh, I don't know, captured by Islamists, for example. Um, they'll enslave you, especially if you're a Christian. You know, sex slave, that's still a thing, right? They still have that kind of human trafficking and whatnot. So that that's still a problem, but it's not state, fr- it's not state approved and it's not public approved, right? It's viewed as a bad thing in society. So why are we still talking about this? Why is this still a thing? Why are they wanting to do reparations for all this? It's, it's nonsense. They just want the precedent to be set for wealth redistribution. And yep. they also want something to beat you over the head with. That's all. It satisfies their Green New Deal. It satisfies their Green New Deal. But it's not really the Green New Deal, is it? Yes and no. Uh, I mean, the Green New Deal did have a lot of economic stuff tied to it. And it would do exactly this. Uh, the the funds from the richer communities would be taken from them and given to the poorer communities, which fits this same narrative because the blacks typically have been oppressed by other blacks, by their own choices, right? Which, oh, you're racist for think, saying that and thinking that, but that's where it's at. I, I mean- they voted for the free stuff. They voted for the politicians that are basically beating them down with, you know, handing them free stuff and say, hey, look, if uh, you have less of a degree or less of an education, we give you more money. You have more kids without uh, an adult male in the household. Yeah, we give you more money. So what, is, what, what do people do? Right. Path of least resistance. So they're doing it by their own choice. Unfortunately, it's sad. It's sad that they were coerced into this. Right. I mean. I really wish we could hold the people that were that did this responsible for it. But, yeah, the, you know, the politicians and, you know, the whole electoral process and everything. Yeah. You, you know, I was well, we can hold the people that that allow it to continue responsible, can't we? We can hold them responsible. We can start by throwing their sorry behinds out of office. Right. That's the first thing we can do. Yep. You know, I was told once by a guy that I met in college. Uh, he's now a deacon for the Catholic Church. And of course, you know what deacons do. They they pretty much, you know, they, they manage all the charities and things like that for the church, right? They manage finances and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I asked him once about some of the stuff that he was doing, all the charity work and everything that he was doing. And I, I said, how's the stress level dealing with all that free stuff to, to hand out to people? And he looked at me and he says, let me explain something to you. All right now, this is a this is a Catholic. This is a church man. OK, this is a deacon. He says there is nothing in this world that's more expensive than free. All right. Yep. So and this is coming from somebody that deals in charities and, and charity work every single day of his life. So I will never forget that as long as I live. And I just pass that on to everybody else listening. There is nothing in this world that's more expensive than free. So when you hear the government come out and talk about how they're going to give you something for free, <laughs> believe me, you are about to see the biggest money reallocation of your lifetime. So like free healthcare. Yeah. Do you remember that? Does everybody remember free healthcare? Mm, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Free healthcare. That's why I laugh at these people that come along up from amongst other reasons. I laugh at these people that come along and say, oh, well, we need to offer free college. You just want free indoctrination centers. That's all you want. Look at these colleges. Look what they've done to these kids. The ones that are in college, right? The ones that have college educations, they're out there ripping statues down. Okay. They're out there wearing masks, screaming at people that don't wear them. All right. They're broken conformists. That's what they are. And if someone shouts back at them and gets in their face, they get down in a fetal position and urinate on themselves. Right. That's what they do. So let's not have any more free colleges. Okay. (laughs) 
So sorry. I, I, I agree with you. Um, the free stuff, it just means higher taxes for, for the rest of us. And it creates spoiled brats. Your college. It, it creates it decadence and, and spoiled brats. It really mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. It, do you know what? Honestly, do you know what exact entitlement? Do, do you know what free stuff creates? It creates Antifa. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it creates. It creates chop in Seattle. Which they're they're shutting that down later today. By the way, uh, we'll talk about that this afternoon. But yes, that's what free stuff does. It creates that. That's what it creates. It creates chaz. So yeah, keep up with the free stuff. I, I want people to be able to help themselves. Right. That's as far as I'll go with free stuff. I agree. If you want free stuff, okay. How about we free up some of the tax burden and and allow people to to keep the money that they earn? How about that? How about we make it easier for uh, people to start businesses? You know, fewer taxes, fewer fees, fewer, um, oh, I don't know, the zoning laws and all that kind of stuff. That that seems a bit a bit excessive, don't you think? Same with not allowing things like, well, you also have rent control. That's another thing which fits in with zoning. But yeah, why don't we look at doing that kind of stuff and, and, and making it easier for people to earn a living? Uh, and, and quit talking about trying to just hand out money because, you know, technically they could you know, hand out money without raising taxes. Technically, they could do that. Modern monetary theory, right? Mm-hmm. It just yeah. causes yeah, just our print- dollar to plummet. Yeah. yeah, just print the money, right? Uh, you you yeah. just do, Bruce. You, you just pay. Yeah. For, you just do, yeah. right? You just, you just do. Okay, so uh, one last thing here. All right, Tesla. All right, we talk about Tesla. We talk about Elon Musk and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Tesla fires five factory workers for not coming to work over COVID fears, despite Musk saying that return to work was not mandatory. Do you think companies should be able to fire you if you don't go to work because of COVID? If you have a fear of COVID, do you think companies should be able to fire you? I want to know the details on that. How long were the people out? How long did they stay out? The thing is, is number one, I think the COVID scare is absolutely absurd. If the person themselves are sick, then yeah, okay, uh, sick leave, right? But if they aren't sick, and they're just afraid they're going to catch it because they're afraid someone else there could have it. OK, I'm sorry. Someone else can fill your job. Washington Post said that the uh, excuse me, reported that three more people were let go because they opted to stay home during the pandemic out of fear of their loved ones. One welder mm-hmm. feared that he would expose his one year old son who has respiratory problems. The second staffer was caring for their caring for their aging stepfather. The third was concerned for their fiance, who was recovering from heart surgery and suffered from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Though their managers were initially sympathetic, the ousted Tesla workers claimed that they were all let go by the end of June. Yeah, they were talking about the company. Uh, okay, so it's them, right? It's, it's the employees. One of the employees got fired. She said the company, Elon Musk included, says they don't really care about their health and well-being of their employees. Nao Miller, 39 of Richmond, who was fired on June 26th for what the company describes as abandoning his job. The manufacturing of vehicles supersedes our safety, according to them. Uh, on June 15th, a news conference, Carlos Gabriel and Jessica Naro said that they thought they were targeted for their concerns about working conditions at the Fremont factory, which I believe that's the one that Musk is going to move to Texas, I think. Some people really don't care about wearing personal protective equipment. PPE is thrown on the ground after being used. People are afraid to go to the bathroom. People are afraid to eat. See what this is doing. Do you see what this is doing to people? You see all this all this crap these these know nothings are throwing at people. You see what it's doing to people? Does anyone not understand the psychological effects it's having on society? One of the employees, uh, Naro, said she spoke to an HR representative and got her job back. But Gabriel didn't hear back after he insisted on having their conversation by email or recording it on the phone. 
Musk even said, if you feel uncomfortable coming back to work at this time, please do not feel obligated to do so as it reopened the plant back in May. In general, in general, do you think that a company should be able to fire you for doing that? So they opened up in May. Uh, what part of May? Uh, May 18th, it says. May 18th. Okay, so mid-May. And they were all fired by the end of June. Okay, you didn't show up for work for a month and a half. Now, six weeks. I'm right. sympathetic. Yeah, I'm sympathetic for your situation. I get it. However, this is a business. They're manufacturing stuff. You're a valued part of the team. If you're not there, production numbers are down. You're going to be replaced. It's the way the world works. You don't like it? Well, yeah, I mean, you don't have to make the decision now. You don't have to make the choice to show up for work now. You can show up for work somewhere else. Again, it's a tough situation because, yeah, they're in a scenario where I'm sympathetic of, you know, the the situations those people are in, you know, having taken care of elderly or, or, you know, immunocompromised. I get it. At the same time, maybe you shouldn't be in the line of work that has interaction with other human beings. Maybe you should be doing something else, uh, as an example, data entry that you can do from home or, you know, I mean, it's a boring job, but you're safe at home. You know, I mean, if you're concerned, if you're that concerned about it, there's other ways for you to to earn money without actually going in to work at a physical location. So do I think it's wrong that they should be able to fire over COVID? No, no, I'm I'm of the opinion that it's a private business. They're free to choose however they run the business. But Mm -hmm. that's as long as they're not doing anything illegal. Go for it. You want to fire somebody because they're gay? go for it. You want to fire them because they're of their religion, you know, go for it. Now, the public's not going to like that. You know, it's it's on the public's shoulders. It's on society's shoulders to, you know, boycott, boycott or it. whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all for businesses doing whatever the heck they want, you know, as, as far as that's concerned, as long as it's not like, you know, they're, they're not like trafficking people or, or, you know, drugs, illicit drugs or something, you know, then yeah. But no, I don't think this is an issue personally. Unfortunately, I would love to talk about that more. But unfortunately, I just realized the time we are out of time. We're going to have to jump out of here. Thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning. 